Hello everyone, welcome to Think and Speak Positive by Kivaika. Today we are on episode 002 and we have on the podcast Christine Kunibukoliero, who is a community manager and a mentor for startups within a startup program. I'm really excited having her on the podcast because she is an amazing mind. I was really impressed by our conversations and even listening to it afterwards, I was like, wow, I was so grateful being able to listen and to receive genuine knowledge and experience. So I hope that you'll be able to enjoy and take out amazing insights. Enjoy the talk. Hello everyone, welcome to Think and Speak Positive by Kiva Ipao. Today I have someone amazing with me that I just not really met because I've been living with her. I've been having the grace to live with her. Um, we have Christine today. Christine, can you introduce yourself? Hello, my name is Christine and yeah, <laughs> I have Kiva living in my apartment <laughs> with all my children. Do you mean that I should introduce myself professionally? Yeah, yeah. As yeah. Well. I have an education as a product designer and I've been working quite a few years with like with exactly that and uh, and more graphic work and more sort of on my own artistic things and I just needed to use myself differently so I started trying to figure out how do I do that how do I use myself in another way so therefore I've started to be a mentor for startup companies um, instead so therefore, I have a lot of communication with people, helping them to figure out how to get the best out of their idea. And actually, when you think of it, you, you would say that, why is that? How can you use your design background for this? Mm -hmm. But, but actually, the, the method is the same. So the same way as I go to, if I get a new design task, I always sort of go uh, to the job in a certain way, with a certain method. And the same method you can use when you when you do a startup. That you don't know the answer before you start. You have to figure it out on the way. You need to go out and drink coffee with people. You need to um, be curious. And you need to be open-minded at where the hell is there a place for me in this market. Wow. Uh, <laughs> so that's what I'm doing now. Wow, that was... Uh... Huge introduction. Actually, all the podcasts just have been said. <laughs> That's really inspiring already. So before we start, I'd like you to write on this piece of paper, because it's a ritual now, before starting anything. Yeah. You write a word that comes in your mind, whatever it is. And after, we'll come back to it at the end. That was a weird word that came to my mind. I'm always cheating a little bit, so I'm writing Doesn't two words. Doesn't matter. I read it in Danish, then I can explain it. It's good. Maybe we can give some Danish classes yeah, as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because I have to actually state something. She gives me Danish classes every <laughs> day. <laughs> I prepared some things that I sent to you. You were talking about your artistic background and uh, the fact that you were a product designer. So mm -hmm. How did you transition? What happened? What triggered you? You already mm -hmm. said a lot of it mm -hmm. about it, but what was that thing that enticed you to let go of that artistic mm -hmm. background? Well, I used my sort of creative self in two ways before. I had sort of a full-time job where I was sitting at the computer most of the time, designing products and designing brochures and logos and stuff like that. I know that. Yeah. <laughs> 
And a part of me was really bored. I think when I wanted to be a designer, I was more thinking of myself being creative with my hands and giving shape to things. But I actually ended up sitting at my computer all the time and I was bored. Like the days were just passing by so slowly. And I was like, is this for real? Is this what I signed up for? And it just, it wasn't right. I was at 11 o'clock, I was thinking, oh my God, there's a lot of hours left of the day. So that was my work part of me. Then I always sort of made things with my hand at home, like more creative things, like Christmas decorations, more sort of sharp and design Christmas decorations. It's not little thingies like handcrafted it was more sort of things that I could sell that were looked the same and I could do a lot of them more industrial made and did you sell some of those already oh yeah yeah I've done that along the way and I still have it and I still sell it a little bit as a sort of side project but only because it's uh, sometimes I need to do things with Mm -hmm. my hand but that part I thought maybe I could do that some more but I just found out that for me it was also important to make money (laughs) <laughs> okay and the money part it's exactly. early in the conversation it, right? it is but I'm sure that a lot of people would love to just work with their hands and do the things that they like to do but for me it was also important to make money so I somehow had needed to find a way that I could use my design background but also make good money and actually get away from the computer and instead be with people and um, I have always sort of have this inner thing that I wanted to help people. I really love to see other people grow. So I grow when other people grow. That's powerful. Uh, Yeah, but it took me a while to see it, actually, funny enough. Even when you started here? Mm, I think it got more clear, but I'm not sure I knew it beforehand. Yeah, I'm not sure I knew it beforehand. Actually, when I look back, I can always see that that's what I've done. Like, I don't know, uh, I have four children. <laughs> and of course, I've used a lot of time on, with them as well. And it's very important for me to see them grow and get the best out of their life. And also, when I was a student, it, I also actually used quite a lot of time to help the other students grow and give them feedback. And sometimes it was actually more important to me than it was to look at myself. You have been working on this like for a long while. Yeah, I actually have. I just wasn't aware of it. So now it just makes quite clear to me now. But I needed to be 40 before <laughs> I actually sort of more used it uh, strategically. But this is actually something I'm really good at. And I can make money on it. Uh, but, and I can use my creativity. Maybe not in a physical product, but more strategically, so I can make other people grow and use my creativity and my ideas to to help them. Thank you for helping me. Welcome. Well, <laughs> I am kind of mentored by you, <laughs> not officially. But, uh, can you just tell me what exactly do you do here? There's an article about you, That's right. how you mentor like a yeah. startup, and you had a title called Community Manager? Community Manager. Plus Mentor. Yeah. So how do you handle both of them? Yeah. If I have, to, if I could explain sort of a, a normal week here, I'm doing sort of like a lot of behind the scene. I'm making the whole, if I should just actually just first uh, tell where we are and yeah, what sure, we're doing. Sure. We are a place where people can apply if they have an idea for a startup. And then we take in about uh, 50 startups uh, and they're here for three months. We do that three times a year. 
And we, so I am a mentor for about half of these upcoming startup companies. And I have a startup, like like a mentor. Sorry, I have to repeat this word. You can um, say it in Danish. Yeah, yeah. it's called um, Samtaler. Can I just translate it? Because I'm going to use it quite a lot. Okay. <laughs> the Danish word of the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Conversation. No, it's not the right conversation. But yeah, you know what I mean. I have sort of a mentor conversation with these for one hour. Three times during this period. So about one hour a month with each uh, startup. So I have uh, 27, 25, 27 startup companies that I mentor. So they have like three meetings with me. Yeah. So I use, I use quite a lot of the time on that. And then the community part is that the thought is that they need to like to be here. If they don't like to be here, they won't come. Then they will just do, do it from their apartment uh, in their kitchen sit and work and oh exactly and it just won't happen like you need to be out with other people you need to be inspired you need to get yourself away from home to get the best out of your idea and therefore we need a place here this office it needs to be really nice to be here and that's my job as well to make it really nice to be here you think that an idea cannot birth and grow from home in a way Mm, i think you you reach your goal faster if you are not sitting alone at home it's the loneliness then maybe it is because a lot of startups like we've all heard about the startups where they start in a garage and but they're not sitting in the garage alone they're starting in a team they're sitting together and and a lot of the startups that comes here, they're actually alone to begin with. Then you'll probably figure out that they need a team. But a lot of the uh, people that apply here, they come alone. And actually, from other startup communities, they often have scale-up companies. And we also have uh, consultants. And that's not very rare. And consultants often work alone. And therefore, they don't actually need to be other places than in their kitchen <laughs> working. But Something magically just happens when they come here because then they suddenly sit and chat when they're eating lunch or they go to this, uh, we call it peer-to-peer groups where you actually sit in smaller groups, about five people. Only you start founders. Yeah, so they sort of help each other. And I make sure that they get a group that is good for them and then they need to put in the work and actually meet up and, and talk to these people and help each other. But it's just really magically magic to see what happens when people get together i like the fact that you use the word magical yeah (laughs) and i guess that's how it feels being a mentor it is it really it's beautiful when you can see that you have helped a person or a group of people to to look at things differently or maybe just to see their idea from the outside because you get you you get yourself so much into your idea and you almost get in love with it then I can ask some questions that can actually get you to see it from just a little bit from the outside. And um, and I really rarely tell people what I think they should do. I more sort of um, make them go out and get knowledge that can tell them what to do. Because I'm not wiser than they are. I'm just really good at asking questions that can get them to reflect on things. And get them inspired to going out, to figure it out. Or to look at things in their life that actually can tell them what it is that they really want. Because I often... So sometimes it's more coaching mixed up with my design background. 
and you help them as well when you see their branding and everything you give them some insights so you're actually guiding yeah. them yeah so tell me when you, you when you talk about your design background you yeah. help them with the, the branding that they're working on no when i say that my design background it's more the the way i look at life that i always think about the user the end user is very important for me that you're not doing things for your sake you're doing it for your users for your customers or whoever is going to use this product or this concept it's not you yeah. you're the center but you're giving it like a gift to someone else and if that person doesn't need it you can never sell it so you need to do a product or that someone needs And is it difficult for startup founders who come here with ideas to actually focus more on the user? Yeah. Because they're so attached yeah. to the idea. Yeah. Like, yeah. This is what I want to do. Yeah. But what do your user need? What do they want? The homework. <laughs> <laughs> the homework of today. You are giving it as a present to someone else. But do they want it? How do they want it? How do they need it? How will they use it? So you never know if a product is going to reach its target. How is but it? you can really, really do your homework so you can limit some of the mistakes. If you go back to my design background, I'm doing product design. And when I do a product, it's sometimes a product that costs two millions before it actually is ready to, to put on the market. So therefore, I need to make goddamn sure that this product is the right one. Because otherwise, a company that I've been working for has been used at least two millions, million Danish kroners, sorry. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's um, 700 euros or so before the product's on the street. So therefore, you do a lot of background check and you look at how people is working. If there's a product that is quite similar to it, how does that work? How does the technology behind it work? How can we get the, the user to and, and the technology to sort of waste the perfect meat between those? Does it give it? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Because if it's just about the customer, then, oh, we can do these imaginary things. But that's, and often there's a technology behind it. Well, we cannot do flower-shaped screen for an iPad. Like, that's not an option. We have to, there is this limit. Yeah, We cannot true. do it with this because the battery is not good enough. We cannot do this. I've worked a lot of, with a lot of products for laboratories, and that, then it's very important that it can be clean because if you're doing things in a laboratory, it needs to be sterile. Before you start, like there's so many things that needs to be sure is um, in the right order or the right way. So therefore, you do all these research before you can actually build the product, and that's what I'm. This method is I'm, uh, that I'm taking over to startups. You really need to figure out who's your customer. How do they do things now? Is there anything in what they're doing now that can show you that they might use your product? or your idea, or your whatever um, concept. So you cannot go out asking people, would you like this? Because they don't know. And, and if they just say yeah, it's because they want to be nice to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who knows? <laughs> so you need to look at people. You need to observe them and figure out, is there anything in, the, in what they're doing now that can tell you if it's a good idea or not? How do people do things now? Because people are, how do I say it? 
Chameleon. They change all the time. <laughs> yeah, but also they always want to do it the fastest way. Like, it needs to be easy for them. It needs to make sense. We don't do things that don't make sense to us. And it needs to be easy. Otherwise, I'm not going to do it. Sure. So you have to put that extra time and effort to really, like, figure it out. Yeah. Have there been any startup founder who came with a brilliant idea and in the course of the research and the testing realized that it was not the right one? Oh, Then yeah. And I clap my hands and say, congratulations. Really? <laughs> <laughs> I failed. Congrats. Exactly. Oh, let's talk about failure then. Oh, failure is perfect. And actually, in the design world, in product design, it's very important that you dare to fail. Because otherwise, you're just in love with your idea and you take it with you all the, all the way. Even though there's been a lot of signs telling you that this is not the right idea. So it's very, very important to dare to fail and fail fast. So go out and, and test it all the time and fail fast. Like, I've just had a meeting before you came in here. And I keep saying, go out and test. Do it the smallest way possible you can. Just uh, they wanted to work with meditation and do this huge strategy. Yeah, I don't know how to explain it. But um, I just say, scale it down, test it. Is there anything? Do people come? What do they get out of it? Who, who's benefiting from this? They want to work with students. And can you actually sell it into the universities because the students will get better results? Stay there for longer, get a better education, learn more because they are meditating. Then maybe they can pay you to help these students to meditate or whatever your concept is. But you cannot build a huge dome to begin with because nothing shows you that this is the right idea yet. There might be a huge dome where you can sit and meditate, but you need to start small and work yourself up. Get more and more narrow on your idea of what you want to do. Precise. Maybe precise is a better word. And how does it help to master or to build the entrepreneur mindset? Failure. Because the more they fail, mm -hmm. do they gain more confidence or being more extrovert by going out there there's a shift that happens in the middle of it do you do you talk about when i uh, mentor yeah actually a lot of people think it's really hard to go out and and ask people these questions and and, and do the study that needs to be done because oh does anybody want to talk to me and but actually if i just get them to do it one time or two times it they figure out how much they actually learn and and that people actually really want to talk to you is it a confidence issue at first i think it is and the fact that a lot of people don't want to bother other people i don't know if it's a danish thing <laughs> like why why would they talk to me like but if someone else came and asked you like i'm working on this and i really want to get why i know i want to know more about this subject Can I come and interview you for maybe half an hour? Would you say yes? Well, most people would say, yeah, I would love to help them. Yeah. But it's hard to ask for help, but it's easy to give help. So some, I don't manage to get them to go out and talk to people. And what happens? Mm, well, I see them for three months and, and, and then I don't always know what happens afterwards. Mm. But I think that they won't make it. Also because what when, when you need to go out and sell it at some point, then you need to go out to people anyway. So mm -hmm. it's just a starting test. And you can also use all the knowledge that you get when you actually go out and ask people about the subject that you're interested in. That you can, all the answers you get 
you can use it in your marketing afterwards because you actually suddenly really know what your end user wants and needs so you can target them very precisely so you can when you learn what they want you can build what they need and you can sell it to them because you know exactly that's what they need that's a great quote i'm going to put it like that's going to be the cover of the podcast you've been giving nuggets of wisdom like that I'm like oh my god it's a win-win a lot of founders don't have that capacity to go out there and talk mm. Mm. do you think it's important to have someone at the beginning by your side teaming mm. up with someone who has yeah. that qualities just keeping alone and eventually one day you'll find your perfect match mm. i hear you asking two things and first of all i want to say that often i also found that if they don't go out talking to people it's either two things either they think they know everything And then it will take a while for them to figure out that this is not selling. Why is it not selling? Because you goddamn don't know everybody and everything. <laughs> so, like in the Danish way, you say jump down from, you know, get off your horse, <laughs> get off your horse, and actually, you don't know any everything. None of us know everything. Of course, if we've been working in a field for a very, very long time, and then you want to go out and be a consultant in that. Of course, you know more and you don't need to ask about those things. But you still need to make a concept that actually is selling. And, and the other thing I heard you asked was, if you don't dare to go out and do it yourself, is it important to have someone in your team? Or maybe actually asked, how, how important is the team? Yeah, The team is very, very important. And we all know that if we are in a good team, we can do miracles. And if we are in a bad team, we can do shit. Like, it's very important. How do you find that other? Because it's really hard to find it is to work with. Um, I think it is like finding a perfect boyfriend, girlfriend. It's testing it, dating. <laughs> Startup, team dating. It is. And of course, you don't need to... <laughs> Or you actually, it's very important that you don't go sleeping with them. Yeah, But it's sure, the same sure. way. It's chemistry. And not looking for people that are, is exactly like you are. If, you, if you're good at one thing, you should definitely look for someone that's different. Yeah, because if you're just two people sitting next to each other, being good at the same thing, you, in the end, it will be very expensive because you, you're like one person. <laughs> you need to spread out and have different qualities. And also look at personalities, like maybe one is uh, extra, external, extrovert. Yeah, extrovert and introvert. Often extroverts don't see all the qualities that introverts have, but they have so much knowledge because they actually listen. <laughs> and they often sit there with the work and is more sort of um, often very good at... Um, at finishing things where often the extroverts is good at starting things and being loud and proud about it but who needs to grab all the balls that is being thrown and actually finish them up and having the work done so it's very important to look at personalities and and skills but i don't have i don't have sort of the knowledge of exactly finding the right team but but look around you and if you sit in a team and you're three 
people that have the same job before and none of you can do sales and none of you can do graphic works and none of you can do like uh, hacking uh, then maybe you should <laughs> figure yeah. out which one of you should stay and then <laughs> you need tech you need design exactly psychology exactly <laughs> yeah melting pot of people yeah have you ever made two startups with similar ideas to just work together Yeah, not with similar ideas, but with different skills. Like we had a really, really cool guy called Christian who made this uh, startup that called Move United. He was almost completely blind. I think he had about 10% of left side of his uh, eye. But he was a really cool guy and wanted to um, do this app where you can, like seeing people and blind people could find each other and go running, actually do sports together. That's a great idea. It is. And a lot of people want to run, but don't really get it done because now it's raining and nobody's waiting for me. And then we have blind people that has where it's so hard for them to actually do sports because they cannot see when they're running and whatever they're doing. So to mixing these two up, but he needed a hacker, like <laughs> who should actually do this for him. Yeah. And then we had this other guy who was a hacker and he has fell in love with doing a better information about artworks at museums. So he was working on that. And the whole thing about the museums, they, it just didn't go anywhere. The museums didn't have any money and who should pay for it. And, and then he met up with this Christian Move United guy. And they are now together and it's a really, really good team. Yeah. yeah. Magic happens. It does. But I haven't had two similar... But often if we, if we know about a startup project that's been through the program before, doing almost the same as a new team, then we ask them to get a coffee, talk. Maybe they can help each other. Maybe they can get knowledge out of each other because they will know each other anyway if they're having the same target group. Or... That's true. <laughs> They'll meet at the same events. Like, exactly. Oh, you're, you're testing or you're like researching on these people. Well, now let's talk about balance. Let's mm-hmm. put the artistic, the mentoring, the startups, mm-hmm. and let's talk about you and how you find the magic in balancing personal life, work, going out, Being open to people, helping people, all those amazing things. Mm. How do you find your own personal balance and all that? I'm not sure I do. (laughs) (laughs) Or how do you try? That's the short (laughs) failing fast. (laughs) (laughs) No. For me, it's very much about doing things the way that I love. Because then I can do much more. So it doesn't take my energy, but gives me energy. So then I can actually work more, I can see my children more, I can see my friends more, because I do it a way that it gives me energy. Not said that I don't sit in the couch watching TV, <laughs> as you've seen, <laughs> watching Friends you can over and over again. <laughs> What do you give yourself the time to really do and enjoy? Like, for example, I work full-time and I have four children. And I always want more knowledge. So in a way, I'm always student. I'm always a student. <laughs> I'm always reading a book that gives me knowledge. I'm always doing an internet course. I'm always in weekends going on courses. It's oh, I just can't stop. <laughs> But it gives me energy. You so think when when power in knowledge, the more you get into it. For me, there is. 
but I'm very curious. So I, I think I also, it's sort of a petrol for me. <laughs> I always need to like, oh, then I know about this. And then, oh, then I can do it this way. And then I get more knowledge and more knowledge and more knowledge. And yeah. you pour it back into the startup. Exactly, like, I do. Yeah. If I start, I feel like I can give them more than I could yesterday. I always want to know more all the time. So when the, the children were smaller, it was very important for me to be there for them. So I didn't work full time. It's also important for me to do the right time, do the right thing at the right time. I didn't work full time when the children were small, but I knew that there's a time and a place for everything. So when they're getting a bit like older, then I can do a career. So it was very important for me that I actually didn't, I wasn't a career mom when they were small. Because at that point, it was very important for me to be there for them. But now they are all in school and they don't need me as much. So now I can focus on me and my career. And I know I'm 40 now and I'll probably work the next 30 years. There will be a time and place for everything. <laughs> <laughs> so that's been very important for me. I've seen some of my friends really doing career the same time as being a, a mom with really small children. And oh, gives me a stomachache. Like, um, yeah. so for me, it's very important to remember that there's a time and a place for everything. I like that. Because otherwise, you get stressed. So you need to have your sort of your own boundaries. Like, if it give, makes sense, like, now I can actually work a lot because I know that my children is all right. And I check in with them and the smallest one is seven. I still need to be there sort of quite a lot for her. But the others, they more need shorter time but actually be there for them when they need that short time. But that can often be between 9 and 9.30 in the evening. <laughs> like it's not always at 4 or 5 o'clock in the afternoon, or it's very rarely at 4 or 5 in the afternoon. And are they understanding of it? Do they support you? I think they choice? do. It's not something they come and tell me, because children don't do that. <laughs> but it, I feel like they are proud of what I'm doing. And they have seen me grow. Like they seen me at one point, we lived in Australia and I was actually staying home with the children. So I've done a lot of different things, but always the right thing at the right time. So at that point, I wasn't doing career at all. I was doing a lot of the crafts work and being creative and selling my things at markets and stuff like that. But always knowing that there would be a time for me. I just needed sort of patience and being for the children at that point. And then as soon as they were big enough, I could do things more for me. Oh. Wow. I sense you have a really precise sense of who you are and who you are evolving into. It yeah. radiates, actually. Yeah. And that the world or my life doesn't end tomorrow. There is a time. There, there is a lot of years. You don't need to do everything at once. It's quite innovative as well for a woman to decide something yeah. like that. Yeah. And, and it's also, to. I've actually felt that I needed to be brave and believing that there would be a time for me because not a lot of Danish people actually stay at home with their children. They do it for a year and then they go right back to being a career woman. And they were just, I could feel it all the way into my bones that I couldn't do it. I wanted to have more time with my children and then just... <gasps> Holding my breath and, and deep inside believing that there would be a time for me anyway, even though I had a break from the career, that would, it would come back. <laughs> yeah, always come back, come back. Yeah. You set a seed, it comes back, so it definitely grow. Yeah, and also because I can never stand still. So 
<laughs> if I get a job, I give them more than I expect. So of course I can grow. But my big hero in all of this is actually my grandma, who stayed home with her children until the youngest was 16. So that's longer than me, but still. And then she went out to, to do her career, and she started from the bottom. Actually got a job where her husband lived, like my granddad. Mm -hmm. And in about, I think it was five years or so, she was a leader of a lot of people. And because she, when she's doing something, she's doing it a lot. And I think I have the same. The extra work. When yeah, and when I have children, I I'm quite a lot of mom. <laughs> and when I do my career or something I want, I do it a lot. And I'm sure that you can go very far that way. How would you define a mentor today? Knowing how things are evolving and how there are mentors everywhere. Mm. If you need knowledge, you need mm. someone to inspire you. Just mm. go at the tip of your phone and you find mm. someone. How today can you define a mentor? I'm not sure I understand what you what you mean. How do how would you define a mentor today? Well, is it everyone? Well, in a way, you can also use your friends as mentors. It's often it's people that can help you get further than you can do on your own. I found that inspires you and maybe is a little bit ahead of you. Maybe they're older. Maybe they work at a certain area for longer. Maybe they so they're just a little bit further than you are, and you you wanna learn from them or they can help you involve your life or in so so maybe yeah it's probably to get more out of your life to expand and you told you were talking about your grandma but do you have other mentors that you follow she's never been officially my mentor but <laughs> she is today <laughs> i have used quite a lot of money to get into this membership with someone called Sulaima Korani. She's not my personal mentor because I never spoken one-on-one -on -one with her. I'm following her and I paid about 800 euros to actually be in sort of her community. And she's working on with the, she called, calls it life design. And I'm very much working with that as well. No matter what your goal is, how do you reach it? Your goal can be that you want to... I only want to work three days a week. I want to be able to meditate uh, two times a day. Or I want to work with climbing mountains or whatever you need. Whatever you want to do. How, do you, how can you design your life so you actually do that? And be open to, to do things differently that, you, that most people do. Go to work at eight, go home at four or five make dinner come on be real what do you want to do how do you want to work what's important to you when do you know when you have reached your boundary this doesn't feel right at my work i they step on me like and then you get stressed because you're not listening to who you are and you're not living the life that you want so be aware of what you want and actually designing your life that fits you so she's yeah she's kind of my mentor <laughs> I'll follow her. Yeah. <laughs> she's in Danish, but she oh. moved to she moved to America. I'm sure she's doing something in English as well. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I have a book here. Yay! <laughs> but What I don't know if bring? I'm stepping on your. No, perfect. That was one of my things you asked me to. She actually came. She's nice cover. Salima <laughs> Gurani. Salima Gurani. Yeah. And she's Danish. Mm, I think her dad is from. I don't know. 
Her mom is Danish, I think, and her dad is from somewhere else. She grew up in a small town in Denmark, being the only one with brown eyes and really dark hair, and just in a really different family. So I think she always felt not quite right. Asked that, told that she wasn't good enough in school, and actually been thrown out of school, and just really needed to figure out her way of life. And she's just really done amazingly. Um, so she's very inspiring to me. I haven't read the book yet, but I think it's about almost the same as <laughs> the whole community that I have paid to be part of. Yeah, I'll share the link yeah. to the book and uh, to her work. Thank you for sharing this. But also just being in her community, kind. I've, someone else asked me, is it worth the money? And and I said, I think it is. I haven't, like, she's done a lot of videos that you can follow and, and gives you kind of mentoring jobs, like, go out and do this. And, you can, and I haven't done all the videos. I haven't done all the work, but just paid, my, paid myself to being part of this or paid money to be part of this kind of made me feel that I was on a winning team. I see. Do you know what yeah, I mean? It puts so, you in the condition Exactly. Of it. And I can tap in and out of it when I have that extra time. Sometimes I feel like I'm in, um, in, in a time in my life where I have um, room for evolving or being sort of a bigger person. And sometimes you just need to live. Like mm. now I need to put, put all these new things into my life and get them to work. And then I don't take so much new things in. And then there's a new part where, okay, now I have this new job. I'm a mentor. I'm teaching. I'm, oh, that takes a lot of effort to whew, get used to all of this. I'm yeah. doing everything in a new way now. So maybe I'm not working so much on myself right now. And so that's status quo. But then... Maybe in a couple of months where I'm, now I've been doing this for a year, so it's starting to be normal for me, <laughs> then I can maybe <laughs> work again on myself. I yeah. see. What would you say to your future self in 30 years? Mm. How is she? <laughs> in 30 years? Oh, I hope that she's starting to relax a little bit. <laughs> and maybe just believing in just being. <laughs> and that good things will happen. You don't, like, I'm, I think I often need a little bit afraid that good things won't happen. <laughs> so, I have to trick your mind. Yeah. yeah. And my experience, my experience is that it does. Good things do happen. Sometimes you just need to wait a little bit. So if I had taught myself to actually just believe that good things will happen <laughs> and relaxing and being present in the moment. Instead of always wants to do new things. and Because it's your drive as well. Yeah, it is. It's good and bad. Because I wouldn't have gone this far if I didn't have that drive. Exactly. But it's also hard <laughs> never to relax. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Mm. So let's go with the, the word. The word. A new word. That's funny. New word? Yeah. Okay. Funny words that comes to mind. It's good if you have funny words. I'm a rebel. I always do things <laughs> my way and not the way I'm told. Okay, let's let's okay, like, I should put them yeah. out. I consider this exercise to be like the vibe or manifesto of the conversation. Okay. So I actually match them up and it says a mm -hmm. lot. My mm -hmm. first word was power. Yeah. And now my word is vision. Why did you say power? Because of your energy. Do I have a powerful energy? Yeah. Okay. It's funny. You don't always know things about yourself, that how other people see you. Yeah. 
I just sense it was really like a powerful moment as well mm. when I started. Mm. And now it's vision, just like an expansion of power. Mm. I can really see through the vision in you. Yeah, that is impressive. So my... I don't always know where I'm going myself, but I know that I'm going further. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> what are yours? Um, actually, I wrote peace. And it's probably because I'm always battling between wanting to do more and and actually trying to find silence and peace in what I'm doing instead of always wanting to do <laughs> things differently and more and better. And so I'm, I'm probably longing for peace in a way. And under the line, it says uh, framdrift, which is actually going further. So yeah. it's a bit two sides of um, yeah. yin and yang kind in of thing. <laughs> it is. If I can find a beautiful place in between, that's my goal. And in uh, my second note, it says love, and then it says accept. And that's more of other people. I find it very important to accept that people are who they are. And when I mentor, I always ask, tell me about yourself. Like, I, I need to know the full you, otherwise I cannot mentor you. Because I can say all these smart things, but if, you, if that's not you, if that's not for you, We all have our own way in life. And it's very important to, as a mentor, I think, to listen to who you're sitting across so that you're mentoring that person, exactly that person, or maybe the group, or be good to others. Yeah. Like it's love and joy. Love is. is all about letting yeah. go to God. And, and just, respecting. Yeah. Active yeah. respect could also be a word. Really respecting who you're talking to and, and the person that is in the room. I'm no better than they are. <laughs> You're human. I am. That it's okay not to be perfect. And I really, I'm not afraid of showing my weaknesses. I'm not afraid of that. I think it makes it actually really powerful when people can show their weaknesses and still be loud and proud. Yeah. Because I'm still, like you say, powerful. But I'm also really very much human. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. not perfect at all. Thank you so much. It was amazing. Thank you. I feel really grateful just listening to you without being even part of the program. Yeah, cool. Sinks in. That's good. <laughs> Thank you very oh, much, Christine. Welcome. Who knows? She'll come back. Yeah, maybe. And give us other insights. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> we'll do it in the capture yeah. room. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, this is all for the episode of today, episode two. I'm excited about the journey. And uh, take care, everyone, and expand enthusiasm. Bye-bye. find it very important to accept that people are who they are and when I mentor I always ask tell me about yourself like I, I need to know the full you otherwise I cannot mentor you because I can say all these smart things but if you if that's not you if that's not for you we all have our own way in life and it's very important to as a mentor I think to listen to who you're sitting across so that you're mentoring that person, exactly that person. <laughs>